Hello everybody, before we go into this week's episode, I just want to say a huge thank you to this week's sponsor, Jaccountancy NE Limited, an online accountancy practice leveraging passion, perseverance and purpose to rethink accountancy and to deliver a technological approach to compliance and accounting. You can receive 10% off your first 12 invoices when you use the code CALBERT10. So that's all right, isn't it? Can't complain at that. To find your accountancy, just Google accountancy with a J in front of it. So yeah, accountancy with a, with a J, you know, you get it? I'll put it all in the description below. Anyway, right, time for this week's episode. The Cal Halbert Podcast. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the podcast, the Cal Halbert Podcast. I say welcome back. This could be the first one you're listening to. Who knows? Oh. What a world. And who knows what order I'm going to put these out in. (laughs) The mystery of show business, baby. This week on the podcast, I have the fabulously talented Chelsea Halfpenny. You'll know Chelsea probably from her roles in Emmerdale and Casualty. But she so, so kindly gave up all her time. Not all her time. That's ridiculous. Some of her time. She gave up some time to chat to me. She didn't give me all of her time. That's just... What a ludicrous thing to say, Cal. How are you, man? You're supposed to start on a nice high and get people geared up to what not watch it listen to it that's the second mistake you've made in this intro what is wrong with you you're supposed to be a professional man ah here's chelsea harpenny's interview the cal halbert podcast so i'm very pleased to say on the podcast today the cal halbert podcast oh such a clever name it baffles me every time i say it how do i ever think of these things is there anything you can't do oh god <laughs> the very fabulous chelsea Harpenny. hi chelsea hello you're right i'm very good thank you very very good how are you doing you're all right how's lockdown treating you um i mean it's it's been a roller coaster of emotions as i think it has for everyone um currently uh, my sort of my biggest um the overriding emotion at the minute is fed up which yeah. i think um is probably the same for everyone is your is your sense of excitement in the day of what you're gonna have for tea because that's where where i'm at at the moment i'm like oh i'm looking forward to tea like yeah. well that was that was my excitement regardless of the <laughs> pandemic is always um, what am I going to eat, if I'm really <laughs> honest with you? So, yes, that is still um, it. I probably maybe make more elaborate teas because you've got more time. Oh, I'm not. I'm um, proper base I level. Will say, base level me. <laughs> really? See, now I'm like, look at all the time I can make. Like, I'm like going online and going on YouTube and finding recipes. And me and um, my boyfriend now have started like a little... Um, sort of like a come down with me I guess but just with each other so last week he made like my favorite dinner and turned our spare room into like a little pub oh nice Um, and it's my turn this Saturday um and I'm not gonna say what I'm doing because he's just in there and and he's been trying to get it out of me but I'm (laughs) I'm making a really nice cuisine so I've been doing a lot of research Um, because even going to the shops and getting sort of um a few more exciting ingredients is you know yeah it's a highlight i mean i i i said i'm not doing uh, anything very glamorous tonight i'm having fish fingers and i don't know whether i'm having fish finger sandwiches or fish finger chips and beans oh. going classic don't know yet however i will say i've got uh, i've got scottish heritage so i was uh, very pleased to say that last night it, w- it was burns night last night so i did have haggis neeps and tatties for tea that's what i did have nice oh lovely yeah your face says otherwise um, in regards <laughs> Yes, lovely. I've actually never had it. I don't think I've ever had haggis. Have you not? I don't think so. It's dead nice. Like I, I really like it. 
but uh, my partner's very indifferent to it. <laughs> <laughs> but fish finger wise, would you go sandwich or chips and beans? I'd go sandwich because, but I I do love chips. I don't love beans. I don't know why, but I would, what I think I'd be wanting is a really nice thick bit of bread, um, your fish fingers, bit of lettuce to get your greens in there. Um, any sort of white sauce that you've got, you might have tartar, you might have a bit of mayo, bit of salad cream maybe, but I would still be making your chips on the side. <laughs> I'm coming around on Saturday. Forget the social distance. I'm coming around Saturday. If that's what's for tea, I'm all for it. (laughs) So Chelsea, people will best know you from your roles in Casualty and Emmerdale. Uh, But let's go right the way to the beginning. What was your first uh, acting job? What was your first professional job? My first acting job was in Biker Grove. Um, Anyone that's from the North East will know it very well. Um, And I was 10 when I started that and I did the last four series of it before it got um it got axed because I think it had sort of it had it had served its time I think it had yeah. been going for 20 years so you know um so yeah I did that and I just um I wasn't necessarily at an acting school or anything I, it was actually in the newspaper the audition was just in the newspaper um so I just turned up like you know like a hundred other kids did and uh did lots of rounds of auditions and and was in it for four years so you know for a kid in terms of experience, you know, it's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So were you starstruck by anybody on the set? Because you're from the northeast. Did you watch Biker Grove? And did you, were you, did you know I the did. guys, kind of know the guys before you went on the set? I did. I wasn't. The thing is, my auntie um, is an actress and she was in it in the first four series. And we, me Nana had all the um, episodes recorded on a tape. So I used to watch actually... I feel like I watched, so I watched those four years, sort of, I was too young to watch them at first, but as I got older, I started to watch those. And then I feel like I dipped out of it for a little bit. And then I think before I went in it, I probably watched it for a couple of years because I was sort of, you know, eight, nine. Um, And I think, I feel like you always look up to like, teenage girls when you're around that age um so there was a girl I remember she's called Holly Matthews in real life um and she played a character called Emma and she was like super gorgeous and um I remember always looking up to her so then when I joined it was her last year because she would have been 16 and that's when you leave um so I think I did I worked with her a little bit and I remember being like she's so like gorgeous and all of that kind of thing (laughs) <laughs> oh, t- uh, when I was that age, I knew full well that I am never going to be a gorgeous person. This is what <laughs> I've got. I go, hey, tell you what, if you like chips and beans, oh, I'm your man. Like. <laughs> 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 Had you always wanted to be an actress, or what? What would you call yourself, an actor or an actress, or does it not really bother you? Um, uh, I don't, I, I don't, I don't mind either way. I guess, I guess when I explain what I do, I would say actress. Um, yeah. But um, the yeah, only reason the only reason why I ask is because obviously I'm a stand-up comic, and I mean there is comedian and comedienne, but no one ever says comedienne. Do you know what I mean? No one ever right. says it. They just say I'm a comedian or I'm a comic. So yeah. But I do know that obviously you are an actress or an actor, but then does it really matter in the, in the great scheme of things? Yeah, I, I mean I haven't looked into great depth. Um, you know, um, the sort of. Uh, I guess there was a movement of like, you know, it, it, actor being sort of a male, um, it's more of a male, as, as if it's a male job and obviously yeah. it isn't. Um, so, but I, I personally don't mind. Um, 
but yeah I don't know it's I, I feel like acting's a funny thing because I think when you're growing up or at least I didn't know I didn't know that like acting dancing and singing were sort of separate things I, I just knew like that I that I was a bit of like a show off like I liked to look in the mirror and do a full monologue improv and sort of cry into the mirror which is you know maybe be a little bit weird but I guess I guess that was how I used to um I guess that was how I used to express myself which I, I suppose is what how everyone starts and um obviously my auntie was an actress so it, it felt very um that was really I guess you know coming from a working class background seeing someone be successful at it I was like oh like that's an accessible um job like it's not too out of the realms of like you know I think some people when you don't know anyone that does it it's like how would I even start doing that sort of thing um so I obviously I had her for lots of advice and just seeing her be successful was was definitely you know motivating um and yeah I, th I think I showed a bit of interest in maybe going to like a um like a theatre school or like a dance school around about the age that I ended up getting like a grove. Um, yeah. But I mean, even that school in itself, it was it was dance mostly. Um, the acting was like two hours a week, whereas the dance was like you could go every day and dance. So yeah. I think that's why I ended up dipping in and out of that particular school. Um, I stayed because I loved my friends and I'm still, they're all my best friends now. Um, but I, I, it was very dance based and, I, and I'm not, the best dancer or it's at least I'm not that interested in it so um so yeah I think like and then once I was doing Biker Grove I was like all right yeah like this is great and um but it felt more like fun it didn't feel yeah. like a job apart from the really early um pickups and long hours <laughs> <laughs> so you say you, you're not you haven't got that much interest in dancing so does that mean that uh if Strictly Come Dancing came calling you'd you'd have a sharp no <laughs> well it's not I actually love dancing like as in I love going out and I love dancing um and I do have an interest in it I love watching Strictly like I love watching people learn a new skill um I think I just didn't I didn't love the like it was very it was a ballet school right, like mostly okay, yeah. and I just didn't I wasn't inspired by the teachers um and I just didn't that just wasn't where I felt I was able to express whatever it is that I wanted to express. I much more enjoyed the 3 p.m. till 5 p.m. on a Saturday where we'd do musical theatre and we'd yeah. do singing and acting. And that was more so, yeah, what I was interested in. Yeah, no, absolutely. That makes sense, doesn't it? Because that is the more exciting part of it, really, because that's that's what you want to do. And you, you said you're a, you were a bit of a show off as a kid is what you said. So. Mm. In school, were you like the class clown? Were you the one that was kind of everybody when, oh, Ch Chelsea will do it? Because I was always very introverted. I just never really did anything. Mm. And I was always sat there because I do impressions, I do voices and stuff. And I was just, maybe quite arrogantly, I'd sit there and see pe other people in the class making people laugh, the class clowns. And I would sit there watching them going, yeah, I'm funnier than that. Do you know? <laughs> quite <laughs> arrogantly, probably. But yeah. were you the one that was always getting lead parts in plays and stuff in school? Or was it something you just kind of shied away from? You weren't interested in that sort of stuff? Um, I was very much had my finger in all the pies in, in <laughs> primary school, especially. Like, I was quite studious. I enjoyed school. Yeah. I was, like, on the council, in the choir, <laughs> you know buddying up you know when they do that thing where when you're like one of the older ones they buddy you up with like a younger one yeah I was you know friggin 
putting the coat you know doing dinner duty I was just sort of I was just a bit of uh, probably really annoying just like I'm doing this and I'm doing this um so and my school was very religious so the only um I guess musicals or plays that we'd do were were about um Jesus and so I've played Mary Magdalene, yes, but other than that, we didn't really. We did a lot of hymn practice in yeah. choir, and I was God, in the choir. No wonder got, you used to I, stare in mirrors and cry. No wonder. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. What are you guilty for? No, I'm joking. Um, but um, yes, a lot of hymn practice. But I think, I guess, I was um, like we made a school religious album. Hilarious. Excellent. Um, and me and my friend, who I'm still really good friends with now, we were we ended up sharing like the big song. So I guess I was at the forefront of anything like that. Um, you know, when I sang in church and stuff, but it wasn't I was never actually my because then my secondary school didn't really have a drama, they didn't have a drop, they didn't have drama as a subject. Mm-hmm. Um and then I moved to a different country and I did do drama there as like a GCSE. Where did you move to? Um, Kuwait. Oh, fantastic. What what made you move there? Me mum's a teacher, so she just um she's a maths teacher and she got a job there and um yeah, so moved there as a teenager for a few years. Um and yeah, they had a really good um theatre um like scene over there not scene but like I guess what I liked about that is compared to the theatre school I went to in in the northeast yeah. there was no like like favorite there was no favoritism mm-hmm. um it was um and I was I was allowed to like I ended up being able to like direct star and choreograph my own version of hairspray which <laughs> obviously as like a 15 year old I was like I'm in hell um so that was sort of where I um maybe blossomed a bit more in terms of like singing and and acting and all of that um and then ended up doing A-levels and all that kind of thing when I came back to the northeast I ended up doing like A-levels and auditioning for drama school and all that kind of thing what did you do in A-levels um I did performing arts media English language and dance (laughs) I think I dropped dance Oh, do you know, in the end. I, that's far more exciting than mine. I, I did maths, which I failed. I think I got a U. They went, yeah, you're not doing that. Because I really yeah, liked maths. maths. Hard. Yeah, I really liked maths in like mm. GCSE. And I was like, yeah, got an A in that. Boss mm. that. I was like, brilliant. Did uh, did it at A level. Nah, this is rubbish. Hate this because I'm not a genius at it. Instantaneous. I find that if I'm not excellent at something straight away, I give up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I mean, I have also heard because my obviously my mum's a maths teacher. She had wanted me, you know, ideally, you know, because she could have helped me and stuff. I would have done an A level in maths. But I heard that the jump between GCSE and A level was, was huge. Also, because I wanted to go to drama school, I was choosing subjects that I thought would help towards that you know which drama school did you go to oh I didn't get in so <laughs> oh awkward <laughs> their loss things have turned out all right yeah you know? exactly exactly I ended, More I ended fool up them. three years in Emmerdale so you know I got my training on set rather than um on you know, the job, the school, yeah, I guess. So, uh, yeah. Which uh, which drama school did you did you want to get into, and they turned you down? Let's slag them off. Um, <laughs> well, I auditioned for five, and any of them would have been. Um, sorry, I'm just realising I'm, I'm just going to turn me oven off. <laughs> um, sorry about that. Um, 
I auditioned for five, yeah, and I would have been happy to get into any of them, to yeah. be honest. Um, I auditioned for RADA, Lambda, Guildhall, East 15, and Guildford. Mm-hmm. And Guildford was the one I got closest to, because I remember they, they did this thing at the end of, like, an audition weekend where they'll call you in for, like, an interview, um, and they called my name, but it wasn't for an interview. It was, like, I think it was to redo one of my Jacobean pieces or whatever, and they obviously weren't pleased with how I did it, so. It's fine. And then that summer, I mean, I was I was going to just go to college and do music or something um, and audition again the year after. But then I got Emma Dale. So I then just yeah. did that. What are they now? Idiots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do they know? <laughs> so how did uh, Emma Dale come about? Did you apply to that? Did your agent get you there? Was it an audition? What, what happened with that? I had an agent from doing Biker Grove. So there yeah. was like a um, the biggest agent within the Northeast. I was put in touch with her, I think like near the end of my time at Biker. Um, and then because I moved away and stuff and was in school, I didn't really do anything in that time. I think I did like one short film. Um, so yeah, so she got me that audition um, on the summer, in that summer, I think I was like 18 or something. And I was just like, oh my God, as if, like I'm never going to get, Emma Dale, like don't be so silly. Um, and then yeah, did about five auditions for that, and and uh, and got that. Just mad, and I was in that for three years. What was your highs and lows of doing Emma Dale? I mean, you were nominated for a couple of awards while you were there, weren't you? Yeah, I remember being nominated for I don't know what it was, best newcomer, I think, at um, the NTAs, so the National Television Awards, which felt huge to me because the soap awards are obviously really cool but the ntas you know it's at the o2 it's not just your program it's like um sorry it's not just soaps it's you know dramas and talent shows and all of that so i was very starstruck to be there anyway and i think i think i'd already been once so it was my second one so i was aware of how big the event was so so and you get long listed first of all so you're one of like say 30 and then you get shortlisted and I got shortlisted and I remember being like, oh my God, because I knew that they were going to show, they were going to say my name obviously at the ceremony and then, and then show a clip. Yeah. And I just was like, oh my God, that, that was a real like pinch me moment. Um, yeah, definitely. And I forget that actually, when you talk about highs and lows, I always think about just the actual work yeah. and the people, but I actually forget that that even, that that even happened. Um, so yeah, that was a definite definite high. See, I think if I ever went to the, the NTAs, I just wouldn't be able to stop looking at people going, oh, look, look, look who that is. Look, look. Oh, it's Bradley Walsh over there. That's mental. That. <laughs> just... Yeah, I don't think I did stop. I think I just did just do that with me mates. <laughs> Everyone's the same. Everyone's doing the same thing. We're all, you know, starstruck by someone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, who was, who were you most starstruck by? Um, If I ever seen like Simon Cowell yeah. or um, I mean, it was so long ago now. It was probably like nine years ago. So, but anything like that, like, you know, like I, I was really into X Factor. Um, yeah. I remember meeting Olivia Coleman at the TV Choice Awards once wow. and getting a picture with her and just being like, because <gasps> that was just as Broadchurch came out, the first yeah. one. Um, and I just thought she was amazing. So that was, yeah, that was pretty huge. Would you say Olivia Coleman's one of your influences in, in your work? She is in that. I mean, we haven't had this. We haven't had a similar career, so I feel like it's hard. But it's hard to like to be like, oh, she's an influence because you'd look at what I've done and be like, 
Pascal because you know yeah. she hasn't done musicals <laughs> and all that. But definitely in terms of what she's done, she's done comedy and really amazing dramas, and then obviously film as well. So that's, I mean, yeah, she's definitely a an influence. She's also just amazing and just seems so sweet and quirky and funny in interviews. So yeah, she's she's amazing. So you spent three years at Emmerdale, uh, and then you were how long after Emmerdale was it that you started in Casualty? Um, I think it was like two years after, maybe. So I, I ended up doing like a play um, at the West Yorkshire Playhouse in that time. But to be honest, it was pretty hard. I didn't really do much. Um, and then about two years after I left Emmerdale, I got um, like a semi-reg in um, Casualty. So I was just doing like six episodes or eight episodes. Right. So that was that was the so that was two summers after, and then they asked me to go back. Um, as a regular character and I just so then say I finished that in like the October I ended up going back in the April for and I stayed there for two and a half years I think yeah well, I I distinctly remember you you joining I'm a big casualty fan I've watched oh really yeah you know, I love casualty I think it's fantastic I was quite the you know when you become quite obsessed with things <laughs> and you go right mm. I'm gonna buy everything of that shoe I'm gonna buy everything mm-hmm. and you just to the point where I went down to Bristol a couple of times to see the see the studios and stuff. Is it still filmed really? down in Bristol? It's in Cardiff now. Cardiff now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I went down to Bristol. I met Tess. I was like, oh, look, it's Tess. Oh, you know? <laughs> we didn't cross paths, actually, but I, I heard that she was really lovely. Well, we did, weirdly. I did do an episode of Casualty when I was, like, 10. So yeah. a director from Biker Grove got me when I didn't have an agent got me the audition and then I ended up getting the part so I did work with um I don't know my name I forgot her name but the woman that plays Tess I did work with her back in the day and then we didn't um we didn't cross paths um as adults well as amazing adults <laughs> <laughs> is it quite difficult to be obviously you're going in as a doctor so is it quite difficult to I mean I can't read and pronounce things even as a voice actor I can't even read Mm. things very well Um, but is it difficult to get the medical terminology and learn how to pronounce those things definitely like at first I was really self-conscious and was like you know it's only me that doesn't recognize these words and how am I going to pronounce them and but they do in the script they do write it out um they write out how to pronounce it on the side um and we also have medical advisors on set so you know by the time you know three months in probably shorter than that two months in I was I knew the medical advisor so well that I'd just be like how the hell do you say this <laughs> you know and, and, every, and everyone's the same no one no one on there you know you do learn a, a bit like you learn some basic things that like I wouldn't know normally like you know you learn how to stitch um and things like that but you know generally everyone you learn, knows you nothing. Learn how to stitch well, I think I, I had to suture in one, in one of my first scenes. So before I even started, they got me a piece of um, pig skin because that's the most like um, human skin. It's yeah. quite tough. And um, and yeah, learn how to how to um, suture because you had to do it because I had to, you know, do it on screen. So, yeah, that's amazing. Do you have mm-hmm. do you ever have people come up to you in the street and go, oh, Alicia, um, I've, I've got an ingrown toenail. What do I need to do about it? Do you ever have people come up and ask about ailments to you? No one has ever done that. And if they did, they'd be hugely disappointed because I would just look at them like, I can't help you, hun. I know nothing. 
<laughs> so what are you working on at the moment? Understand, obviously, because we're in lockdown and things like that. Are you writing anything? Are you working on any uh, uh, any self-tapes or anything? What sort of thing are you doing? Um, I've been mostly doing um, online teaching stuff like one-to-one um working on auditions with people or like um acting workshops and things like that which has actually been really rewarding I have done a bit of teaching before and I really liked it and then obviously when you're working you don't have time to of course yeah um so I've been doing mostly that not loads but like the bits that I have done I've really enjoyed um and done a bit of singing I did like a little concert thing um about a week ago um and I was, I did have a concert, like a cabaret booked in at the Zadell um, in London, wow. um, like my first ever solo concert. Um, and it was meant to be, when was it meant to be? I feel like it was meant to be in like, uh, like July or August or something. And then it got rescheduled to November and then it got rescheduled again. Yeah. So I had been in that during last year re- rehearsing for that. Um, and, and obviously it's not sort of... Um, it's not come to a head just yet um and then I just got I can't actually say what it is but then I just got a little um uh, a role in a little telly job recently so I've just been doing that and that's why my hair's um been cut off um I had very long hair before this and it's been chopped off but I'm quite liking it actually I think I would never have done it had not had it not been that someone else was like you need to chop yeah, it off. No, you you're rocking it. It looks good. <laughs> well, I mean, not good. right now, but you know, when I'm <laughs> well, when I mean, I've got it done. I can't complain. I've got very little hair. My hair is falling <laughs> out by the day, so there's not a lot I can, <laughs> I can do about that. Sort of thing. <laughs> so we met. Uh, whoa, it would have been last oh, about a year ago. Now we met at mm-hmm. Sunday for Sammy at the arena. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about what Sunday for Sammy is and how you got involved with the guys. So Sunday for Sammy is an event that we do every two years in the Northeast. Um, it used to be at the City Hall and now it's gotten so popular that it's at the uh, utility, 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 utility Arena. Yeah, ut- <laughs> it used to be the Metro Radio Arena, yeah, the Metro which Radio will always arena. <laughs> be, that's what it will always be to me. But now it's called U- Utilia or something like that. Anyway, um, and we do it um on a Sunday in February, every couple of years, and we do two shows. We do a matinee and an evening show, and it's loads of actors come together the day before, and it's these these writers and and um, producers and everything have been working on it for months, and they basically write a load of sketches and um, produce a load of music, and then all these actors and performers and comedians and and everyone come together on the Saturday. And we just really quickly put together, in my opinion, a really brilliant show, like hours worth of entertainment. And it's all to raise money um, to um, give to kids within the Northeast to help to give them bursaries and stuff so that they can go to drama school. Because obviously when you do go to drama school, if you don't get a scholarship, that it's really expensive and lots of kids don't have that kind of money. Um, You know, myself included, if I hadn't got a... I didn't get in anyway, but had I not been offered a scholarship to a drama school, I wouldn't have been able to go. And that's not fair. There's so many talented kids that, you know, it's it's not their fault that they don't have the money. So Sunday for Sammy raises money for that um, and and is able to give out bursaries and things, um, not just for drama school, but they can give it to um, musicians and stuff that want to make their own album and things like that. And you basically audition for them and then they um, either give you some money towards it or all of it. I don't know. But um that's what it's for and it's honestly like I will drop many things 
to do Sunday Pasami like I have before I've yeah. said to work like I have to be off that weekend because it's just like the best thing to be a part of you see all your Geordie friends and performers who you don't see that regularly lots of people I just see every two years which is very <laughs> funny um but it's just the best it's the best for, weekend. For those those are people that don't know we're not just talking oh it's a couple of blokes in Newcastle that have a laugh we're talking big celebrities from that travel from all over the world to do mm-hmm. this one show. And as you say, mm-hmm. you see them just once every two years. And we're talking we're talking Denise Welch, Tim Healy, Jimmy Nail came back last year, mm-hmm. uh, Anton Decker has been a part of it, Joan McKeldry, uh, Jill Halfpenny's been in it, your, your, your auntie. Mm-hmm. Um, Who was in it this year? The guy that sings... Um... Video killed the rain. Oh, yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I've forgotten his name. What's his name? I want to oh. Google it. But also, um, he, um, John, um, music was my first love. Oh, is that the same person? Music was my first love. Sorry, I'm Googling it. <laughs> um, John Miles. John Miles, yeah. John, John Miles. Miles. He was there. Or I don't know if he sings the same, if he sings the same song, that, that song as well. But anyway, you know, like pretty... Pretty cool people. Yeah, oh, it's fantastic. There was one bit in it last uh, last February that I was very pleased and proud to be a part of. Ray Laidlaw of Lindisfarne gave me a, gave me the call and said, "Could you do you, do you, do you want to do it? Not could you? Do you want to do it?" And I ripped his arm off. I had to try and be act cool. Do you know what I mean? He goes, yeah. Yeah, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course I will. Of course I will. Yeah, yeah. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Hanging up and then doing fist bumps in the air and just yeah, yeah. cheering and stuff because it's such a huge audience like it's huge yeah to say that you've performed there is like that's pretty pretty good yeah and it's i think it's something that the northeast does better than anywhere else and mm. it's it's done in a way that uh a feel of pride about being in the northeast being geordies uh and it's just and it, there's something about it that is just just nice and warm isn't it yeah yeah, I love that city. I do. If you could work with anybody in the world in any form, whether it be a singer, a dancer, whatever it is, what would it be? That's such a hard question. Um, well, do you know what? I'm going to steal my what what I think would be my boyfriend's answer um, because I just love him. I think I would love to work with Ricky Gervais on something that he's written. Yes. Because he just, like, if you watch any outtakes of his stuff, Oh my god, it just looks hilarious. Or Steve Carell. I know I'm now just making the office link, but like <laughs> Steve Carell's just like, oh my god, just just insane. I think that idea because I think when you when you do certain jobs, like you might get a job, right, that you think, oh my god, this is gonna be career changing. And you might get jobs where you're like, hmm, like I'm happy with that, but like, yeah. you know, whatever, it's not gonna be it's and we're always thinking career wise, I think, whereas actually I think the your, your highlights of your work or when I think of highlights of my jobs, it's always the people and it's always, I just think of like the happy time. So like you were saying the NTA thing, like, yes, that was amazing. Like when you asked if that was a highlight, but when I think about my best times ever, they are like, they're about happy times. So I yeah. think when I think about what I'd like to work on, something like a comedy like that, where I, I guess it's like, it's all collaborative and you can improv and you're just having a laugh. I mean, what more could you want from a job? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Have you done much comedy? No, I haven't. I've auditioned for a couple and they've gone pretty well. Like I've had nice feedback, but I think because of what I've done before, 
um like the jobs the type of jobs that I've done are, are not naturally seen for a lot of comedy things but um I would I would like to I mean we did a little channel four sketch me and my boyfriend recently um it was just really short but that was fun but I, I mean to be in part of something that's just like written really well and um you know with people that are just these comedy geniuses would be amazing right let's say for argument's sake the pandemic ends tomorrow everything's back to normal as it was what's mm. next for you i would start putting my cabaret together um and think of some more ideas for that um i would go out for dinner with my family yeah go to the pub i would <laughs> oh, we'd go to the pub all day and we'd sit outside well just if it was sunny say and then um and then go out for a really nice dinner all of us i think yeah, not fish fingers. It'd be, it'd be an elaborate no, one. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I want to go all out. I want to go somewhere where you can just order everything. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one final question for you, Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Who of your celebrity showbiz friends would you like to see on this podcast? Oh, um, do you know who would be a brilliant guest? Um, Charlie Hardwick. Charlie Hardwick. She's um, on the list. She has so many stories she's so gorgeous and charismatic and funny and fights for the good stuff and yeah. oh she's just great she's, she's how do you know she's charlie amazing. hardwick she played my adopted mother in in emmerdale and we had the best time her and chris jatel and me we were probably like a little family and i was heartbroken to to leave that show purely because I knew you know you're not going to see people that often you're just not no matter how much you try we don't live in the same city you know it's really hard and people get busy and stuff and I miss her so much she's she's a gorgeous gorgeous woman Chelsea thank you so much for coming on to the Cal Halbert podcast I'm honoured thanks for having me (laughs) thank you (laughs) the Cal Halbert podcast And there we have it. There was my interview with the fantastic Chelsea Halfpenny. If you enjoyed it, please, please, please share it with all of your friends. Give us a subscribe so you don't miss another episode. And if you can, give us five stars because it really helps us out. E-man, you're fabulous. And don't change, you're fabulous, man. The Cal Halbert Podcast. You've been listening to a Calbert Media production.